This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. All right, this morning we're going to be in 1 John chapter 5. So if you'll go ahead and get that, 1 John chapter 5. We'll uh, be looking at other verses, but we'll come back to 1 John. So maybe they'll get these other ones up on the screen and then we'll just uh, reference back to 1 John 5. Uh, been teaching on the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is the 14th lesson and it's the final lesson on, on the Holy Spirit. And, uh, so we, we certainly didn't realize we'd be having that many lessons on it, but it was so good. It's been a good study. I've enjoyed teaching it and, and, uh, so we'll, we're not sure what we're going into next, or we'll, we'll let you know on that. But uh, this morning I entitled the mess- the uh, lesson, The Spirit Beareth Witness. So we're talking about something that bears witness of something else. And we really want to focus in on the Holy Spirit once again bearing witness uh, of many things concerning the Lord, concerning us. And so uh, we want to look at that this morning. So let's begin reading in verse number 1 of 1 John 5. And the first five verses are, I want to read those, but we really want to key in on verses 6 through 10. But we, we want to focus on this whole part right here. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that beget loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that is, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We'll talk about overcoming the world, things that are in the world. And that's this verse here really is letting us know, as a child of God, we have that victory, we can be an overcomer. Verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So we know that a child of God is the one that can overcome the world. People on their own, people that are unsaved, they are not overcomers. They, they have been overcome by many worldly things. But now let's look at verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. And that's where I got the title of the lesson. The Spirit here beareth witness. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. There are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For... This is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. 
He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. That's a, that's a hard statement right there. Because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. So we want to look at these, especially over and over again, we're seeing that word witness, bearing witness. And we want to see how important it is that the Holy Spirit uh, plays once again that part in your life and my life of bearing witness to us of many things. And because of that, we see an outward part of us because of the Holy Spirit is within us. We begin to do things outwardly that other people see that we're children of God as well. There was an agnostic professor who confronted a little girl one time who believed in Jesus And he said to her, there are many throughout history who have claimed they were God. How can you be sure who told the truth? Which of these men can you believe? And this is the way the little girl responded without hesitation. I believe the one who rose from the dead and lives in my heart. You could not persuade her any other way. She knew she believed in the one that was living a living God and that lived within her heart. So that that uh, profession of faith, that witness there, that's what I'm talking about today. We have to realize we have in our life and others need to know that as well. So these, these first few verses and the first half of 1 John 5 talks about Trusting in Jesus. That's where it begins. That's where the whole thing begins of the Holy Spirit coming in, being a witness to us and helping us in our Christian journey. And it begins by trusting Jesus. And I'm talking about a person who trusts the Lord genuinely, who means business with God and says, I'm not only going to ask you to save me and and I'm going to bring you in, ask you into my heart and life, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to follow the leading of the spirit that's going to come within me once I'm saved. I'm going to be an overcomer in the world. I'm going to continue to believe your word. I'm going to continue to do things that a Christian should do. I'm going to walk the Christian walk. And so these things is what it's talking about here. A lot of people feel like the world we're living in is getting so much worse that we, we can't continue to live a Christian life, but we can. No matter how bad the world gets, we can still live victoriously, not on our own, but because of what is within us. And we've talked about that. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So the key verse, uh, the key words that we see from verses 6 through 10 is the word witness. And that could mean also you could put down testimony. You're a witness. Things are witness to you through God, through the Holy Spirit, but things are witness to others through your testimony. And it really goes back to God. God gave His witness to His Son when He was on this earth. It was the most highest, the most important witness that could be. God bears witness through the Spirit, through the water, through the blood that we're going to see here. This witness... It's something that sustains our faith. You know, I thought about that, that many times people are saved, but 
they, they seem to grow cold in their walk with Christ. They seem to go lacking where they used to be on fire for God. I believe the witness, the Holy Spirit within it wants us to sustain our faith, wants us to continue in our faith, wants us to be, listen, we ought to be stronger Christians today than we were yesterday. We ought to know more about spiritual things this year than we knew last year. We, we should be growing more every day. If we're not growing, then we're not, we're not letting the witness of the Holy Spirit speak to us within our life. So verses six through eight talk about these three witnesses. And then verses nine through ten talk about the witness of God. So let's go back to verse six and look at it again because verse six points us to Jesus as the object of our faith. This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. So the one who gives us the power that we have as children of God, the one we believe in, the one we're able, that He's able to help us overcome whatever's going to come our way, that is the one who came by water and by blood. That's what the Scripture says. And the Word is, is pointing out the one who came to fulfill the prophetic promise. You know, it was prophesied that the Messiah was coming. It was told over and over again. They looked for the Messiah. And Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So the, the strange thing, the perplexing thing that we see in verse 6, a lot of people uh, don't understand in verse 6, and we'll try to clarify that today. And, and I'm not saying that I'm totally right on everything, but this, this is how I studied it and how I saw it here, and I believe it makes the most sense. Verse 6 says that he came by water and by blood. Now, when we bring those two things into the picture there, that's a, that's a perplexing, difficult statement to many people. What do you mean by water, by blood? Not by water only, but by water and blood. So an interesting concept as we look at this, uh, talking about that. And we talk about how most scholars believe the meaning to be water baptism, which began Jesus' earthly ministry, and the blood, of course, shed on the cross, and that ended Jesus' earthly ministry. And I think that... Uh, as we think about that, the blood, how it refers to, you remember when John, John, he was a preparer. He was preparing the way for Jesus to come. John was teaching and preaching, and John had disciples. John's ministry was going great. People were coming to hear him. He was baptizing people. And then all of a sudden, he looks up one day and he sees Jesus coming. Now, did John say, now, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus, I've, I've been, I've been working this ministry for a while now, and I've got disciples, and, and, uh, you just need to wait a minute here. <laughs> no, John said, oh, 
In fact, John told his disciples, you need to follow Jesus now. And in fact, Jesus came and said, John, I want you to baptize me. And John said, oh no, I need to be baptized of you. You see, John took that humble uh, example that he wasn't the one that was the important one. He was preparing the way for the Christ. So that Matthew 3.13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Jesus came for that reason. So we find that Jesus is coming on the scene. People, crowds all around. They're going to see Jesus, who John's going to recognize and say, this is Jesus here. This is the Son of God. This is the one I've been talking about. And they're going to see Jesus step down into the water. And they're going to see Jesus be baptized. And then some great things are going to show uh, from heaven. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So the, the blood refers to, uh, of course, I talked about that the earthly ministry as it comes to an end with the crucifixion. Jesus shed His precious blood on the cross. Now, the other side that, that some people feel like this is talking about when it comes to this blood and water, you remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and they took that spear and drove it into His side and what came out of that? Blood and water. And I realize that. But I believe the most significant part of this blood and water refers to here the baptism of Jesus by water. They saw that, and not only did they see it, but there came a voice out of heaven. And so this, this of course, consecrated. They, they realized Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. John's recognizing Him. John's baptizing Him. And now... They're going to hear a voice from heaven, so they're going to know that Jesus has been consecrated for this mission here on earth. And so during His baptism, the Spirit descends as a dove. We, we used that in one of our lessons we taught. They saw that come down. Then the Father bore witness of His Son. He spake out of heaven. Matthew 3.17 This is my beloved Son and who I am well pleased. You, you can't get a better witness than that. So here we have all the witnesses from God, from John, from the water. We see all of this taking place here. And so the witness of the Spirit and the Father to Jesus was publicly at His baptism. So the water of baptism refers to our faith. It refers to our repentance. It refers to purification. You know, I think that when people get saved, they should get baptized as soon as possible. I think they should follow the Lord in baptism. This pool has never saved anybody. This, this baptismal service that, we, that takes place here is something that happens after salvation. And that is a sign to folks out here in the congregation, folks that are watching online, that this person is saying they are born again, they want to be baptized, and they want to be consecrated into a ministry for the Lord. After that, They want to walk with the Lord. That's really what it's saying. And I think many times we find people that get saved, they get baptized, but they're, they're not following along in the ministry working for the Lord as they should. 
I mean, there are so many that get baptized and then I, I haven't seen them anymore. And I wonder, what are they doing? Where are they at? You know, sh- they should be following along in that ministry for the Lord. They, they, they said they got saved. They said they remember the time they asked the Lord in their heart. They wanted to be baptized. I witnessed to folks that they are born again and that they are, they are, uh, are laying down the old man, picking up the new man and in newness of life, they're walking and then they need to walk in that. So as the water came at the beginning of the earthly ministry in the flesh, the cross came at the close of the ministry. So the blood refers to the death of Jesus on the cross. He gave his life when he shed the precious blood. The life is always in the blood. Life's in the blood. The doctrine of the atoning blood means that Jesus bore the sins of the world on his shoulders so that everyone has an opportunity, whosoever could be saved, you know, I was listening to a commentary this past week and it really hit me when the guy was talking about, can you imagine the weight of the sins of the world that were placed on Jesus on the cross? Now, Adam, I'm not taking away anything from the physical crucifixion part. That was bad enough. That was terrible enough. But I can only, I, I can't even imagine the weight of the sins that were placed upon him. Jesus knew no sin, but he had to bear our sins. He had to be that redeeming sacrifice for you and me. God even had to turn his back on his son because he would not look on sin. All of those things, can you imagine, was on the Lord Jesus. And yet he came through that victoriously. So I think about Everything that took place on the, on the, on the cross. He died for the sins of man. He died to redeem mankind. And that's the only hope we have to be free from sin and slavery to Satan and the way of the world. The world tries to push all of these things in on us every day. And yes, it's getting worse. They want us to accept every, all this garbage today. And as a Christian, we don't have to accept that. We can be a conqueror in that, in that, because Christ has done the, the finished work on Calvary for us. In fact, his own statement, those three words, it is finished. So much power in those three words that we don't even comprehend many times. I mean, the finished work that Christ did speaks of the redemption work, his substitution, his atonement on the cross, Jesus overcome the flesh by beginning his ministry of this redemption and he overcame sin, he overcame Satan, he overcame the world. He finished it. It is finished. And we have to claim that. That's a finished work. When I accept Christ in my life, I'm accepting the finished work on Calvary for me. And so we are. we don't have to be uh, overcome by the world. We don't have to be overcome by Satan. Yes, those things will try to have an effect on us, and they do sometimes. But we don't have to stay in that situation. So this it is finished statement is very important that we remember that Christ not only came 
to teach repentance and purification, but He came to give new life. And you know, today I was thinking about this too when I was studying the lesson. Do we hear that much about people being repentant anymore? Do we see people shed tears over things anymore when it comes to things in their life? I truly believe that we should have a repentant spirit about us for many things that come in our life. And I'm thankful that He's able to forgive us of those things in there as well. Now, the latter part of verse 6, back at 1 John 5, says, And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. So you got to remember here, we're talking about the witness that we have will never lead us astray, will never lead us into something that's wrong because it is a spirit of truth. So John and the people around him witness to what they have seen and heard and that witness they realize is something that came on the inside and the Holy Spirit of God should be the preeminent should be the most important witness that we have in our life. He was the witness to Christ's baptism when he bore witness to descending upon him. And even at the cross, you remember the centurion that stood by the cross? What in the world made him finally stop and look up in the midst of all of that and say, truly this was the Son of God? Something really stirred him in, inside, and he realized this something different. He had been to many crucifixions, but he realized something was different about this man hanging on the cross. And so he was really being a witness bearer to that. You know, when I think about what the Word of God says to us, do you, do you put a lot of importance on the Word of God? Do you realize that the Word of God is something that's been inspired not by man, but by the Spirit moving upon people? 2 Timothy 3.16, you all probably know this verse. All Scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God, not man. And is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Holy Spirit bore witness to the writing of the divine text, the Holy Word of God, the words that were penned down. And the Holy Spirit bears witness that what we read in the Bible is truth. I don't read my Bible and say, well, you know, I don't know about that. I, I don't know what about that verse. I mean, I agree with this part over here, but over here, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, no. I believe from cover to cover. I believe every word in, in the Word of God. I may not understand it all. I may uh, look at it over and over again and thinking, well, what does it mean? I, I don't get, I didn't get that, but that doesn't mean it isn't truth. And we need to realize that as we read the Word, as we hear the Word, as we study the Word, the Holy Spirit wants to do something. It wants to take those words and have them jump off that page and into our life and into our mind, into our heart, that we can be, we can use those scriptures for what we need in our daily walk. Romans 8.15, for ye have not received the spirit of 
bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We've been adopted into the family of God. And as we are adopted into his family, we have that witness on the inside that lets us know those first six verses there, five verses in First John told us about that. So the Spirit bears witness. Now, what does it bear witness to? It bears witness to you and I that we are children of God. It bears witness to people all around us in the community that we are children of God. How is that? They see how we worship. They see how you, uh, when you go to work, how you react at work. They see, they listen to you talking to other people about Christ. They see all of those things in your life and my life, or they should see those things that bear witness to them that we are children of God. Your neighbors probably saw that you left your house or you leave your house every Sunday to go to church. You know, they know I go to church. They know you go to church. During my work week on Wednesday night, I've told my boss ahead of time, I said, don't you schedule anything for me late on Wednesday because I'm going. Oh, he says, oh, I know, I know you're going to church. I said, you better believe it. They know that. It's a witness of that. I remember when I first got a job, my dad even told me, he said, listen, you can get a job, but you need to be up front with your boss. You need to let him know you're not working on Sunday, you're going to church. <laughs> and you know, sometimes I didn't get the job because of that. Well, no, I, I need you here on Sunday. I need you on the weekend. Well, my dad said that I'm not working on Sunday. I'm going, well, we go to church. And most of them would respect that. And they worked, worked with me on that. That's being a witness of who you are. And so we find that, uh, it is very important that we have that inner witness on the inside so that the world can see. Uh, and the thing is, we need to realize because it says that it is a spirit of truth that we can always trust that witness, that spirit on the inside because it's the spirit of truth. John fourteen seventeen. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. Now, how do we know him? For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit shouldn't be a stranger. I should be our companion all the time. And realize that we're, we're listening to him. We're, we're talking with him. Whenever we read the word, he's speaking through the word to us. And whenever we go out into the world, whatever decisions we make, we know they're right or wrong, which way we need to be going. If we're going the wrong way, He lets us know. Those are all things that bear witness that the Holy Spirit's on the inside. If people can live any kind of life they want to live and it doesn't bother them, but they claim to be a Christian, something's wrong. Something's not adding up. Because I can't do that. I can't go in here and do worldly things. I can't run and, and do the things that I used to do before I was saved. I, I can't do those things anymore because it's, it's just not right. And the Spirit lets me know that. So it's important. Now, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. He will not manipulate you. He'll only speak the truth. He will not lie to you. 
He will not bear false witness. When the Spirit of God convicts you, moves you in your soul, it's always a true witness. And that's the one you need. That's the one you need to listen to. So it's very important that we realize that. Let's go to verse 7 and 8. Now verse 7 and 8 of 1 John 5 tells us that there are three witnesses. It talks about there are witnesses in heaven and there are witnesses in earth. So these three witnesses always are in agreement, whether they are in heaven, whether they are in earth. So what does the scripture say? There are three that bear record in heaven. We talk about heaven first. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. You know, when we baptize, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Those are the witnesses in heaven. Now, what about earth? There are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So, these three separate witnesses, they may be separate, but they're always in harmony together. The three point and move together in unity and agreement, never against each other. They join so as to become one witness, one witness, and they produce the same testimony, not different. So the water of repentance, purification, the atoning blood, all of that, it's proven, it's witnessed by the Spirit, and it sends forth a oneness in message. It's not confusing. It would be confusing if one witnessed something about this, and one this, and one that, and one the other, but it didn't work that way. So these joint witnesses point us to Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? He is the one who triumphed over sin, who triumphed over guilt, who triumphed over the powers of this world so that we can be overcomers, but it's only by putting our faith and trust in Him. A lot of people are trying to be an overcomer in their flesh. They feel like, especially younger folks, they feel, well, I'm strong. I got everything going for me. I got all of this happening for me. I can handle anything but they find out they can't do that on their own. The flesh is always weak. No matter how strong we think we are, we still need Christ in our life and we need that witness on the inside. So it's very important that we realize that. Now, let's go to verse 9. And this talks about the witness of God. Verse 9 verifies that God has borne great witness of His Son. Now, verse 9 says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God, look at that, is greater. For this is the witness of God which He hath testified unto His Son. Isn't it amazing how quickly we can receive somebody's word as a witness? Hey, I, I saw this, I heard this, and let me tell you what I heard. Let me tell you what I saw. And we listen to it and we go, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. And people are quick to receive that sometimes. 
But my goodness, why can't we open up the Word of God and, and see something and say, yes, that's what I need. I believe that. Amen to that. But we find people that question the Word of God, that question what it said, question that it, that it is something I need in my life. But we're so quick to, to take on the witness of men. So if we are satisfied with men's testimony, we accept their evidence. How much more should we accept the witness of God? How much more should we see that and realize that's what I need to, to say is truth? And there's no reason really for not accepting God's testimony. When God talks about who his son was, he sent his son not in the world, not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. I can believe that. The reason why he came. I can know that. I can trust that. So there's no reason for not accepting God's testimony. God's, that said, God's testimony or God's witness is greater. And it certainly is. It's greater than any man's testimony. Because God's witnessing the most important event that took place in the world. And so to deny, and this is a strong part of it, to deny Christ, to deny His salvation, to deny His witness. And we'll find out what we are actually doing when we do that. So the word here, and especially we see here, if we receive, you see that word receive, if we receive, that, that's more than just hearing about. A lot of people hear about God. And they have a head knowledge of God. But they have never received that truth into their life. So it makes a difference here when we talk about if we receive, take it. Make it our own. Much farther than a head knowledge. I've talked to people about Jesus and they, they know the Bible. They, they, I've had people that know the scriptures. And I mean, they can argue with me about what the scripture said. But then when I say, well, when did you get saved? Well, what do you mean? When did I get saved? I belong to so and so church. I've been going out for years. That's not what I ask you. You see, they have, they've been going there long enough to hear a head knowledge of what the scripture said but they never can remember a time they asked Christ to come into their life. So it, it goes much farther than a head knowledge. It's saying, I accept it, I believe it, and I'm committing myself to follow the Lord. So we ought to receive God's witness much quicker. It's more important than man's witness could ever be. And as I said, we saw it when Jesus was baptized. We saw what God said from heaven. Look at John 12, 28. They'll get that verse up there. It says, the, and here's where God verbally responded to his son's prayer. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have been glorified it and will glorify it again. So God's testimony is saying, I have proved to you this is my son. This is what He has done. And I will glorify His name for what He has done. So God has borne witness to His Son and we need to receive it and we need to act on it. 
You remember Abraham in the, in the Bible? He, God had promised to make him a great nation. The problem was he was very old at the time he received that promise. And like most people, we could read something in God's Word, a promise in the Word, and we're thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm too old to receive that and act on that now. I've done too many wrong things. We could come up with all kinds of excuses. But we need to realize here what Abraham did, Romans 4, verse 20 and 21, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving God or giving glory to God. He did not stagger. And then look at verse number 21 and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Those words stagger, those words persuaded, means that he took God at his word. And even though the outward circumstance looked like, ain't no way, he said, you know what? I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on trusting. And so we need to realize, it's it's... Many times it's unwise to trust what humans tell us, what humans try to tell us, but most certainly we can put our trust in God and His promises. So verse 10, we'll finish up here, First John 5, 10, He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath, look at that, made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. The witness within ourselves is the Holy Spirit, and we have to believe that. We have to live and act upon that. Paul puts it this way in Romans 8.16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit always bears witness to Jesus Christ in us. And when you talk about after you're saved, having a new purpose in life, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It lets you know you've got a new purpose now. It's not about what you used to be. It's not about what you did in the past, but it's what what about God wants to do with you today. And we need to realize that. The internal witness of the Spirit. We believe it. We agree with Him, we trust Him, and we commit our life to walking in the Spirit. That's what that word means, walking in the Spirit. Walking with the Lord. Listening to His will. If I don't walk with the Spirit's leading in my life, guess what? I'll walk out of the will of God. I'll do something that isn't in the will of God. Because once again, I've started listening to somebody else. I've started listening to this witness over here. I've started doing what I thought was best, and it will always lead wrong. So this witness, and John is placing a very important uh, wording on this to let us know how important it is we believe in in that witness. Failure, and this is what that Scripture said, failure to believe this powerful, true testimony of God is like saying, God, you're a liar. And I don't think any of us want to do that. Not consciously, we certainly don't. We don't, but you know, a lot of people not consciously realizing that when I open the word and I say, 
well, that's a nice word of God, but I don't, that's not something for me. That's not something that's going to help me. That's not something I want to live by. It's saying, God, you're a liar. So it's very important that we believe the two testimonies. You know, there's only two ways of dealing with this testimony, this witness. And that's either receive it or not receiving it. So I hope that you're receiving the witness in your life. I hope that you're relying upon the witness in your life and you're never calling God a liar, but you're saying, hey, I'm listening to you, Lord, and I'm walking with you, and I don't want to go any other way except the way that you lead me. Because, folks, there really isn't no middle ground, no other option. You're either for God or you're against God. You're either with God or you're not with God. A lot of people, they want to ride that fence and be godly on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, I'll do what I want to do, and then I'll get straight on Sunday. God isn't pleased with that. He wants us to have a daily walk, and if you know, the Holy Spirit will let you know, are you walking like you should with God? So listen to Him. Well, it's been a good, good lessons on the Holy Spirit, and I hope that you have gained as much out of as I have just just studying it and teaching it. Amen. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.